big announcement. I am so excited to announce this because this is something that I have been working on and putting my love into for quite some time now. It is the Together in Love, the four-month relationship mentorship that I am putting on for you guys. This is really a mentorship that's focused on learning how to love yourself more authentically, how to open your heart to real love, how to create relationships that ultimately leave you and your current or future partners fulfilled on a soul level. So this is for singles. This is for couples. This is for triads. It's really for everybody out there who's wanting to deepen their relationship with themselves and create the optimal love life for them. So you'll join me. You'll have a community of like-minded people, and we're all going to traverse this tricky waters of self-discovery, emotional intimacy, sexual exploration. You know, we go through the entire thing, and I'm bringing on some of my favorite guest expert coaches who are also putting on workshops. So you'll have coaching with me. We'll have group calls. We'll have workshops. We have all kinds of things. And I absolutely guarantee by the end of this, you're going to feel a a shift and a transformation within yourself and feel more comfortable expressing your desires, how to get those. What what happens with conflict resolution? Um, How do we use that to strengthen our relationship as opposed to instead of how to be a detriment to it. So if you guys are interested, I am going to announce it and release it fully within the uh, next couple of weeks. But if you are interested, let me know on my social media at Wit and Love, or you can email me to save your spot for sure. And I can make sure that you're on the list to receive the email as soon as I launch. Much love, guys. Hope to see you soon. This week on True Sex and Wild Love, we are joined by my really good friend, Michelle Watterson. She's the karate hottie. Maybe you just saw her win big in the UFC against Angela Hill. It was said to be the best, if not one of the best, women's fight of the entire year. So, of course, we talk about fighting and what that's like, but we also talk about what keeps her inspired and motivated. She's a mother to a nine-year-old daughter. She's in a long-term marriage. And, of course, we got to talk about how to keep passion alive. This podcast will definitely inspire you and give you an insight into the fighter's mind. And I know you guys will fall in love with Michelle. If you guys enjoy the episode, let me know on social. Let us know. We always like to see that, and we will post it back and leave us a review on iTunes. It's super helpful. Much love, guys. Enjoy. Michelle Watterson, my girl. Hey, hey, hey. I'm so (laughs) excited to hear your voice. I'm so excited that we're making this podcast happen because we've been talking about this for so long now. I think that's kind of the way that I am able to keep in touch with my friends. (laughs) 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 Because they're all so busy and they're all such like, you know, like they're, they're such go-getters and hustlers. It's kind of like the only time we could talk is if it's over work, you know, like mm-hmm. this is, this is work and I get to connect with you. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And what's, what I love about this podcast in particular is that we can just talk about whatever we want. And it's kind of like people get to sit down and just hear our actual conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we're, we're at the coffee shop and somebody just listening in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So what's been going on? I know you're coming off of a big win, which was incredible. Can you just walk us through that? How are you feeling post-fight? I know you took some damage to the face against (laughs) Angela Hill. Tell me, how you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I always tell people the damage never matters when you come home with the victory. 
<laughs> you could be so broken, but the victory just holds you together. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, I was just excited to get back in there. Um, I, I think that after like a slew of losses, it's so hard to like muster up the motivation to like, you know, when you win, you're like riding the wave and it's just like, you're on a super high, but can you imagine like coming off of two losses and, and having to, you know, muster up the energy to go out there and fight against somebody that they, you know, they put, they put me underdog, even though I'm ranked higher than her. Um, Mm. and, uh, I'm not a shit talker. She is, you know, so, uh, she was trolling me all through fight camp and, just trying to ignore all that. I'll try to ignore ignore all the noise from the outside. Oh, Michelle's on a two two fight, you know, losing skid. Do you think she's going to be able to pull it out? Um, all these things. It kind of it's like how do you drown that noise out and actually um, get into the zone? Yeah. Stay, stay motivated. Stay driven, and um, not allow that to affect your performance. Um, and so I think I, that's huge. For sure. And I, I just finally was just like, you know what? Um, this is my life. This is my fight. I've been fighting for over 20, for over 14, 13 years. I've been doing martial arts for over 20. Like, wh- why are you doing this? Are you doing this to, to, to make these, these, you know, the trolls happy or you doing it? Cause you love to fight. Cause mm-hmm. we got to figure out that answer first. Um, and then I just, I realized that I love to fight. I love to learn. I love to grow, um, and I just kind of leaned into that. And then, I th- you know what, honestly, the biggest thing was my last fight was kind of a dud, the, the fight before this one. Um, and it was, it was like not even as fun as a sparring match. It kind of was like, uh, like shadow boxing. Um, Interesting. And uh, I walked away from that like, holy moly, all of that training for that, and it kind of just was like, um, a huge, like, you know, when you go to light a fi- like a firecracker and it does, it's like a dud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, that was whack. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, because I find this interesting and I, 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 I'm sure a lot of our listeners listen to you and follow you and know who you are, but some of them probably don't too. What makes a fight fun versus a dud? Um, you know, I think first of all, a lot lot of fights is really dependent on, on styles of the fight, the style, like Carla, we knew the type of fighters Carla was. She's, she goes in there and, um, she's a wrestler. And so she, she kind of tries to draw the the round out and then halfway through the round, she works on taking you down and then she holds you down. Um, and that's how she wins the, the, the fights. Um, and so I just think stylistically, uh, it, it was a dud because I wasn't letting her take me down and it kind of just ended up not being any fun. Um, plus it's first fight back from the pandemic and there was no crowd. So you couldn't hear, there was no cheering. There was nothing you could hear. I could hear her coaches. I could hear the commentators. It was just kind of crazy. So, um, but, um, for me, what makes it fun is that like when I get in the zone, when I'm like, just not, I'm not thinking, I'm just reacting and I'm doing what I love. That's what mm-hmm. makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just there having a good time, kind of like flow state, right? You're just doing your thing, doing what you're built for. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And I, I just, I, I didn't do that against Carla. 
Um, so that's what I told myself. This fight, Michelle, go in there, like bite down on your mouthpiece. And like, I had to tell myself like, this isn't point sparring this. Don't try to be strategic about it. Go in there and fight. Like the objective of the game is to, inf- who gets to inflict the most damage, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to tell myself that, you know? Did I read somewhere that there was like 600 and something strikes landed? You know what? I have no idea. I know it was pretty high pace. I, I knew yeah. that's what she was. I knew that's her bread and butter. I knew that she, that's what she was bringing to the table, but I also wanted her to know like, all right, let's go. Like, I'm not trying to back down. Like you, you want to bring it? Let's go. Let's do this. Let's show up. Yeah. That's why um, when we got offered the main event, I was like, yeah, two more rounds, 10 more minutes. Like I'm all for it. Give it to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's just like, that's the mindset that you have, which is so inspiring. And I think that's why so many people love you. I know it's one of the reasons why I love you so much. Um, I, maybe for people who don't know, who haven't followed me for that long, but you actually helped me when I first started jujitsu. And like you yep. came to Austin and we trained a bunch together. We went to um, a jujitsu tournament in Houston. I got my ass beat. Um, but I had a not. really good time. <laughs> <laughs> you I didn't you win? I thought you I think win. I honestly can't remember. I can't remember. I just remember there was one where I was you're like, are you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> well, I think you had like, you know, it's so different because it's a it's a contact sport. So you have like this huge adrenaline dump, you know? Right? I I think when that happening, you want did you won the first one and because did you have adrenaline dump and the second one kind of was like it just kind of was like a neutral fight. It was like a dud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't feel my arms. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. What a, it's just, it's so fun to look back at that and just re-experience that. So thank you. Thank you for those great memories. That was like, that was when I first got, when I first got sponsored by Onnit. Like Mm -hmm. it was super, super new. Like I remember going to the, um, on a facility and they're only being one small little room with, yeah. with all the workout equipment, with all the workout equipment and just like a little like square corner of mat. Just a baby pit. It was just mm-hmm. like, it was not even the size of a garage. It was mm-hmm. just like a little, you here, you can do your thing here just in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go back to what you're talking, because you touched on something about doing like doing you like you're doing something that you're built for you're gonna go in you're gonna show up how did you start fighting like how did you get into martial arts what was the mindset behind that did your parents do it before you or was this something that you were like you know what I'm really interested in this I want to try it out uh he's my older brother really um I kind of I I you know when you when you have an older brother, you just, you want to do everything that makes them happy because they're mm-hmm. your older brother. That's what I did too. <laughs> yeah. You just want to, you want to impress them. You want to like, you want them to be impressed by you. Yeah. And, and um, so my, you know, we grew up watching Mortal Kombat and Ninja Turtles and we, we got this flyer um, on our front door that, that uh, said that they taught karate at our local community church. And it was, one of those things that was affordable enough for my parents to put all three of us in and they didn't have to drive us. Like we could walk to practice every day. Mm -hmm. So um, my parents put us in and we just, we took off with it. It it became a part of our lives. And 
you know, we started competing monthly and just, we got really, really good at it. And, uh, it just, um, consumed my life. And I realized at that point that I, it was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I just think that everybody has, like, they say it's right. You, ha- you either have two instincts, you, it's fight or flight. And, um, I guess you never really know the type of person you are until you've put yourself in those circumstances. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I remember being in, you know, point sparring is way different than MMA sparring, but it's still like an introductory to contact sport. And I remember it, it's like in karate, uh, you go by um, belts. You, there's, there's no weight. And I'm, I'm like uh, this little itty bitty thing, you know? So it's like, by, I'm like fighting this girl that's like two feet taller than me. And I remember being in, being on the mats with her and she goes to, to punch me and I, fl- I go flying back into the, the score table. And I just remember, uh, blood trickling down my face and in point sparring, you're not supposed to use excessive force, mm-hmm. but, um, I, it, I wasn't upset that she used obsessive force. I was upset that she connected and, and hit me. <laughs> so I, I remember seeing the blood and I was like, oh, hell no. So I like got up and I like went back in there and I finished the fight and I like, I ended up winning that fight. But I realized then that I'm like, I have the fight in me. I didn't, I didn't cower down. I wasn't scared. I didn't want to run away from that situation. I wanted to go and, and, and get her back. <laughs> Yeah. And you, I mean, you don't want to be on the other side of that. When Michelle smells blood and she goes at you, you don't want to be standing right there. (laughs) That poor poor girl. (laughs) It's funny. She was like the bigger girl too, but I was like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) what what age was this? I, you know, I probably like, I want to say like 11 or 12. Oh, okay. So really young. Yeah. What, at what point were you like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Well, I knew martial arts is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, but I always thought it would be something in, in movies and stuff like that, just because I, you know, we did a lot of like the XMA was like the extreme martial arts. So it's kind of like, uh, more artistic, like acrobatic stuff. We would do like the flips and, and all the really cool katas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I always figured that it would be something in, in, in like film action star, like doing like stunt work or, or being like an action star. And it just happened where I was going to college and I was, it was kind of, um, I was like numb. It was the strangest thing. I super, super outgoing and social in high school. And, um, when I got to college, it just, it wasn't the same. And I started to lose myself and, uh, that's when I went to Thailand with my mom to visit some family. And when I was out there, I d- decided to, to learn some Muay Thai from, from the motherland. <laughs> and, uh, it, and I was like, this is it. It fired me back up. Like I found, I found my fire again. I said, you know, this is what I want to do. I I want to, I want to fight. You know, I, uh, it was completely opposite from the, the more artistic side of martial arts. But what I loved about it was that I, you know, I was a black belt in karate, had done wushu for three years, kempo for, you know, two years, but I, I was still so elementary and I was like, God, I have so much to learn. Like, this is insane. And I think just the idea that I was so green at like a, a different, the, the other side of, of martial arts um, 
you know, lit that fire inside of me. And then I came back, I, I, uh, dropped out of college and I, I moved out to Albuquerque. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yep. Where Breaking Bad was filmed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you know Josh was in Breaking Bad? No, Josh, your husband was in Breaking Bad? Yeah. <laughs> Get out. I am obsessed oh. with Breaking Bad. Dude, he had such a great time. And, um, you know, it's funny because when he was on in it, I think it was already in its like fourth or fifth season. And we, we didn't even know about Breaking Bad. And um, so Josh is on set and Brian, how, how do you say his last name? Brian Cranston? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure. But yeah. Mr. Mr. White. Like that. Yeah. Um, he comes Walter. over. Yeah, Walter White comes over and starts talking to Josh, and he's like, "Hey, so, what do you think about the the you know what do you think about Breaking Bad?" And Josh was like, "To be honest, I haven't even seen it." And he's talking to the main character, <laughs> <laughs> and he was super sweet about it. He was like, "No, you got to watch it. It's really cool. It's a great you know it's a great season." And so Josh and I binged on it for I swear we we never left our room for like a whole week. We binged on it. I mean, it's the best thing to binge on. Like, I, I, I wish I've never seen it so I could just re-binge on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good. So, yeah, super interesting about Breaking Bad. One of these days, I'm going to have to re-watch that um, and try to spot Josh out if possible. Um, but I did want to go back to when you were talking about being in Thailand, the motherland, like getting your inspiration back, really feeling that. So during this time... You were there with your mom. Was she, what was her thoughts on her daughter wanting to take punches and punch people in the face um, <laughs> for a living? You know, I don't, you, my mom is a, is a feisty Thai lady. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of weird because I think a lot of, you know, Asian culture is very traditional. And traditionally, a lot of the females are supposed to be really submissive, but um, Thai women are feisty and they're fiery. And um, my mom could, I think, sense that I wasn't being myself and just wanted me to be happy. And so it was kind of like, I think it was a hard pillow for, pill for her to swallow that I was going to drop out of college, uh, just because that's kind of the next evolution of what you should be doing but she she would have rather me be happy Mm -hmm. for sure yeah that's that's awesome because I mean I would imagine that that would be challenging for for any parent you know um who hasn't really been in that in that space which I find interesting because I know you also have um a daughter how old is she now she's nine Nine, and she's she's watched you from basically the day that she even knew what you were doing, right? <laughs> she's like, it's funny because I didn't even know I was pregnant. I was on birth control, you know, um, training for a fight, and I couldn't lose weight, and uh, all, all all sorts of different signs. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I was sparring. I was doing stunt work. I was doing all sorts of stuff. And Araya is like my little, she's like, you know my gym baby because she's. She was in my belly when I before I even knew it. Like the first, my first doctor's appointment, we found out we were already twelve weeks in. Wow! And yeah. you're still training. At oh yeah. Point. I was sparring. I was I was doing stunt work, getting ratcheted in the air and dropped on the ground. Like yeah, 
Wow. The hu- I mean, we are pretty resilient beings. For sure. I remember one time, because when you fight, you're, you, you, um, you're supposed to get a pregnancy test for every fight. And a lot of times when you, especially back in the day when I was fighting, when not very many women were fighting at all, you kind of, you take these fights that are like, you know, I, I, I fought one time um, in a strip club. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but yeah, I, I had this fight like in the, like somewhere in the middle of nowhere, it was like North Dakota at some casino. And um, I remember uh, getting my physical and then asking the, the doctor, like, aren't I supposed to take a pregnancy test? And she was like, oh, honey, don't worry about it. Like, if you're pregnant, there's nothing that's going to happen to that baby. Like, <laughs> It's like, <laughs> that's amazing. I was like, okay, like, I guess. If you say so. <laughs> so where are some of the other places that you fought? You fought in a strip club. Is there any other weird places? I fought in a strip club. I fought in quite a bit of casinos. I fought in a um, kind of like a, a barn. It was like a huge barn, like where they do rodeos and stuff. Like, um, mm-hmm. I fought outdoor at like... Um, like a uh, like a horse racetrack, uh, wow. yeah. Um, and then uh, some really cool places. I got to fight the MGM, um, T-Mobile Arena, the brand new uh, arena that they just built out in Sac- Sacramento. Um, I've never, I've yet to fight overseas yet. Uh, so, oh wow, really? That's surprising to me. I just, you know, um, it's it's like tr- fighting overseas. It sounds fun, but like if you're like if you're going to a different country for work, it's different than going for play, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, like, I've gotten to go like a lot of cool places as a as a guest, uh, like a guest fighter. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather fight like in the states and then go as a guest to other places. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you're away from your family longer, um, which I'm sure it definitely plays a role. On, on you being a mom and everything. Um, what go, going back to your daughter? I want to hear more about how she how she feels about mom fighting. Like, what does she say about it? Is she excited? Does she get scared? Does she get sad? Like, what is kind of the emotions that come up for her? You know, um, she, she's been around it for so long that it's it's it is her norm. It's what she knows, and it's it's really cool. I talk to people about this all the time. It's because like you know you are the people you surround yourself with, and since she's been born, she's been surrounded by champions like Holly Holm, John Jones, you know Cowboys, Aroni, me, um, and the list goes on. John Dotson, uh, Tim Kennedy, you mm-hmm. know uh, Andre Alvlowski, uh, uh, all these champs, and she comes into the gym, and to her, it's just oh that's you know that's Auntie Holly. You know, that's Uncle John. Uh-huh. You know, that's Uncle John, and and to her, so I love that. That's who she's surrounded by because she gets to see the hard work that is put in for them to be where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's huge, isn't there? That quote that's like you you are the the equivalents of like the five people you see the most or something. So she's already a badass, like oh, no question. I- for sure. Absolutely. And just her, you know, her mindset, it was, everybody's like, why would you expose her to that? I'm like, why would I not? Like, are you mm-hmm. serious? Like what are you, and, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that I, I actually ended, I touched on this a little bit. Um, after my last fight, it's kind of like, it is, it's a hard pill to swallow to, to have your children see you fail, but not only your children, it's the whole world, the whole world sees you fail when you lose. Um, 
Um, but failure is a part of life. Uh, and if you shield your children from failure, then, then how are they going to have the tools that equip them to deal with those things? Uh, right. You know I mean? So, yeah. So she sees it. She sees me beat up and she sees me sad and she sees me, you know, uh, upset about the situation. But she also sees me dust my, you know, dust my shoulders off, get back up, even though I don't want to sometimes, even though it hurts, even though I'm embarrassed, even though I'm ashamed. And she sees me go back to work, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said in one of your interviews that you're a strong believer that our children learn from our actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. you're showing up in that way day in, day out in a very intense and very real way as most parents are, but I mean, you're out there fighting and I feel like there's something to be said when you are, you know, yeah, you can lose and you can get your ass beat in front of your children, but also in front of all of your friends and family, all of your fans, some, you know, some you don't know. Um, And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So when that happens, what, how do you, what are the practices or what are the things that you do to be able to process that failure to come out on the other side, you know, stronger than you were before? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of like a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> I, especially like, you know, when it's, it's so new and so raw. I remember after one of my losses, you know, my daughter and uh, my mom was with us and I had, they had, they shuttled me to the hospital because I had a, a a huge, um, they, they shuttled me to the hospital because I had a huge, um, uh, lump, like a little hematoma on my, on my cheekbone. And so they thought maybe that my orbital was broke. Nothing was broke. I ended up coming back um, to the hotel. It was like two in the morning. And Rhea stayed up because she wanted to see me before uh, she went to bed. And so um, she comes in and she's just, she doesn't say anything. She just looks at me and she's just like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And I like, I was like, I'm fine, baby. No. You know, I was like, my heart hurts, you know, I, but I'm okay. Mommy's okay. And, um, so she's just hanging out with us and it's just kind of like one of those like awkward silences. You don't know what to say. And then she like totally breaks the ice and she's like, so I guess that means we can't celebrate, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what <was> a boss. <laughs> I just started laughing and I said, yeah, no celebrating. <laughs> oh, you got to love kids. They just like, they'll just come out with it. But yeah. I almost feel like, what she's going through, what she sees you doing, right? Like you said, your actions, she's being able to watch that is allowing her to have like this different, different emotional intelligence, you know, on like, hey, let me check in with you and see if you're okay, mom. Like, and there's that, that sweet side of her. But then at the same time, she's like, so I guess we can't celebrate. Crack a little <laughs> joke, you know, break, bring in some humor into this. Again, how can I make the people around me feel good? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was just the perfect, you know, it was the perfect thing that, that made me laugh. And, uh, I was just like, yeah, no, okay. And also it's one of those things too, right? Cause, um, my daughter does gymnastics and you want to instill competition within them. And so it's one of those things too. And I kind of talked to Tony Robbins about this a little bit. Cause he was like, the reason why winners are rewarded is because it's so hard to win, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And so he, he, like when I lost and I talked to him afterwards, he was just like, okay, well you lost now don't lose again. You know, like it was, he's kind of just like made it that simple. It was like the reason why, you know, people like, like to like, like winners is because they like to celebrate. They like, they like the fact that somebody like got up, picked themselves up, dust their shoulders off, didn't cry about it. It went and did what they had to do to win, you know? So Mm -hmm. just don't be a loser. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, got it, Tony. (laughs) Thanks coach. (laughs) And when he first said that, I was like, really? Like, damn, like, I like, I was like, kind of like expecting like basically a a little bit of kind of like a, like a sympathy something. It it was not sympathetic at all. It was just kind of like, it was like super like to the point it wasn't harsh, but it was just kind of like, all right, then, you know, then just don't lose. (laughs) A lot of, a lot of things in life kind of come down to these simple truths. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, if you really want something and you're not doing it and you know what you need to do, do you really want it? No, you don't because you're Mm -hmm. not doing it, you know? And it's like, don't lose again. I mean, obviously there's so much that goes into that. And like, it's, it's, it's funny to hear that being an athlete myself. You're like, of course, I don't want to lose again. <laughs> like, you act like I was trying to lose. I wasn't right, trying exactly. to lose. <laughs> you think I went in there to lose, Tony? Huh? Is that what you think? <laughs> yeah. That's what my mom was like. My, I, I tell you, don't get hit in the face. I'm like, yeah, because I, I want her to hit me in the face. Like, <laughs> You're like, I just thought I would let her hit me a few times just to make it interesting. No. <laughs> <laughs> so was Tony at the fight then? Like you just saw him backstage? No, he wasn't at my fight, but he like he, you know, he he's just such an amazing person. And um as busy as he is, like for him to just take the time out to like send me a message and say, Hey, I watched your fight. You you know, you showed amazing heart and yeah. just to check in on me with the like the, the millions of people that he's interacting with on a daily basis was just like he didn't have to do that. Like what an amazing human being. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I went to one of his or two of his, I went to date with destiny. I went to, uh, unleash your power, unleash the power Mm -hmm. within or something. And Mm -hmm. I was, I was surprised. It was really awesome. Like you hear about Tony Robbins, right. And then Mm -hmm. I saw him in like all of his greatness. And basically like, there's no one on the planet who can play Tony. Like there's a reason why he is a force. There really truly is. Yeah, I, I, you know, I definitely think that there are people that are living on this earth that are like, you know, like angels on earth. And he's definitely one of those people. Mm-hmm. What is some of the, because I know that fighting is a big mental game for sure. Um, what's some of the best advice that you've received when it comes to getting your, your, your mindset right or being prepared or, you know, not listening to the doubt that we all have that plays over in our head? constantly. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, I feel like I've learned so much over the years. Like I, and that's why I continue to fight because I learn something new every time you think that you've like conquered all these things and then something new comes up. Um, Mm -hmm. but for, for sure, one of those things is to like, always be a student, you know, always continue to learn. Cause the minute that you think, you know, it all is the minute you're going to get put flat on your back. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's definitely a major one. And and another one is, uh, you know, uh, you, are, you are the one um, in the arena. You know, it, it's, it's that famous 
quote, you know, that, that there are people, the observers, and I can't even think of the quote at this time, but there are people that are observing you and, and, and there were people that are, that are the gladiator inside the arena doing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, to not allow, um, like the outside noise disturb what you're doing because you are the one that is, is like I said, taking action, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a huge thing to remember because it's so easy to talk the talk. Um, and um, um, it's a lot harder to walk the walk. And, uh, uh, and that's why I love fighting too is because I think we've gotten to a place in, in society where, you know, words carry such weight, um, especially like through social media. You can basically make yourself out to be whatever, whoever you want to be. Um, but it is, it is only superficial. It it is only words at the end of the day and only you and only, you know, whether or not those things hold true. And if you are actually putting those things into, um, action, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's why I love fighting as well. It's because it's like you are, when you step into the octagon, uh, you, are exposing yourself to the to the world and you're super vulnerable but at the same time you're super powerful um yeah i mean it takes it, like i think that's an amazing thing that you just said like when you step into the octagon you are super vulnerable because you're really putting yourself out there you're laying it all out there mentally mm-hmm. emotionally everything that plays into that and that takes hella um, courage. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, man, no, you are in, insanely powerful within those moments. That goes for anybody. You know, what is your octagon? Like, mm-hmm. they, you know, what, where are you stepping into in your family, in your career, your relationship, whatever. But it's like, wow, the more vulnerable you can be, if you can put the, yourself in those situations, the more courage it takes and the more powerful you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the truth is, like, we all have the courage to do it. It's just taking that first step. Honestly, that's the hardest part is, like, taking the first step. It's like, you know, I don't know how many how many um, people, that fighters I've seen, you know, throughout the years that I've been fighting that totally self-sabotage themselves before they even step into the octagon because it's all of the, all of the unknowns that can that can stop you from doing what you really, really want to do. It's like, it's like self-sabotage, you know, whether it's like, you know, faking an injury or, or pretending that you can't cut weight or, or, you know, um, using, using your family as a, as a crutch to not allow you to do what you're doing. And it's like all of those things are self-sabotage because, because we're afraid of the unknown. Yeah. You think as humans that we would be much better with the unknown. Because we live in it every single day, but we're terrible with it. <laughs> yeah, right. I was gonna say, like, as soon as you take that first step, you're like, you're flying. And I mean, you're like, it's a roller coaster, and, and it's fun. But the all of the beforehand is like, that's what freaks everybody out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're living when you're taking that first step. Like you said, you're flying. What going back to taking that first step? Because I want to set the scene for people who have maybe never trained MMA or maybe not has never even watched UFC. Um, when you're backstage, when you're about to step into the octagon or you're about to step into the, you know, arena where all the crowd is, what once was, what's mm-hmm. going through your mind? Like set the scene for us. Cause I feel like that would be 
I mean, I have one fight, which is very small. So it's, it doesn't it doesn't compare to like that. And so I'm just wondering what your mindset is, what's going through your head. How are you calming yourself? How are you pumping yourself up? Like just set the scene for us. <laughs> well, you know, I think I've honestly gotten to a place where I'm, you know, really comfortable in allowing myself to to be comfortable in that environment and to get in the zone. But it is, it, uh, it takes a lot of mental practice and you have to be able to take yourself there before you even, you know, get into the arena. Um, so for me, I, I I do mental practice every day when I'm in fight camp, sometimes twice a day. Um, and that's just like putting myself in the arena before I'm even in there and imagining, you know, those butterflies, imagining, um, you know, the, the heat, coming up my neck and my ears being on fire from being so nervous. Imagine, imagining, you know, my legs going numb because, uh, because I'm so nervous and all these things like my, my, my palms getting sweaty, me seeing my opponent and perking up so that she doesn't see my body language when I'm cutting weight, like, uh, um, like all of these small little things that, uh, your your body isn't prepared to deal with is what I put myself through mentally so that when it does happen, I've already been there. Um, and it happens like you, you get there and you start feeling it. And so for me, I have, I have a set of, of, of power words that I go to and each word is, um, is representative of more than just that word. It's an entire feeling. Um, and so instead of having to like process an entire feeling, an entire paragraph, an entire um, scene, I say one word and it allows me to process it. So it's, it's just a lot quicker. It like gets through my neurons a lot faster. And then I'm able to like sink in to my, my zone. Um, and so, you know, being backstage, I feel the nerves and I relate the nerves to excitement instead of and nervous. And instead of nervous energy, I translate it to exciting energy, you know, um, instead of it being, um, fear, I, I translate it over to being, to being happy in the happy place. That's what I love to do. And a lot of times those, the feelings that you're feeling in your gut, they're pretty much the same, like, <laughs> like, like nerve and excitement. They're the same type of feeling mm-hmm. when you, when you think about it. And so it's all on your perspective of how you, how, how you, how you perceive that, that feeling. Um, and so is that what you're doing when you're saying you have these like power words? So like, if you feel fear, you say happy or like, w- yep. explain that to me a little bit. Yeah. I start to feel, you know, okay. So say I'm in the back and I see, you know, I, I, I hear the commentators come on and then they flash to Angela's locker room and they're, you know, showing her hitting pads. And then I start to feel my butterflies going, ah, and they're bouncing <laughs> off, they're bouncing off the walls and they're like, oh shit, oh shit, what do we do? What do we do? You know? And then I tell, I, I tell myself confidence, you know, and I breathe and then my butterflies calm down and they, they line up and then they're like, all right, we're ready for battle. You know? And so it's just kind of like, confidence is like that you know the, it's just one word but it it encompasses so much more it encompasses my 20 years of martial arts it encompasses my family it encompasses my training it encompasses everything that I've done throughout the fight camp and everything you know so instead of telling myself well you've been fighting for 20 years and you've been training and you've been running and blah 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 blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. I just tell, my, tell myself confidence god I mean I, I feel like you can even feel the the gravity to that 
to that term, confidence, right? Like if anyone's going through like a challenging time or or there's anxiety or fear around something, it's just like, no, solidify that with confidence. And like, you're able to come up with whatever that means to you Mm -hmm. specifically. But as I sit here and I say confidence, I can feel the gravity of it. Like I can feel it shift me in a way. Absolutely. And I, I, I was talking to my friend who's like a child psychologist about that too, because I think that like a lot of, uh, I wouldn't even say like kids, teenagers, everybody in general, like you, you, we all tend to overthink things, you know, and then when you have thoughts in your mind, you, you have this internal battle. And a lot of times if you're not like, like, um, proactive about it, that, that, that you know, the, the black wolf can can take over, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the dark side can take over. So you have to shift that. You have to catch it. And, you know, if it's one word that can catch it instead of having this battle within yourself, then, you know, I think there's a lot of different you know, circumstances can, that can be flipped around with just one word, you know. And are you doing this in the fight? Like, do you find yourself using this same tactic, like, while you're fighting, if you get kind of pulled out of the zone? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the fight, it, ideally, you don't want to be thinking about anything. You want to be in right. the zone so, so much to where you're just you're just reacting. And it's because it, sometimes if you if you if you think, then it's one second too late, you know. And one second in a fight can can be the difference between a win and a loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are moments like it's like you know you find yourself in a fight sometimes having an like out uh like an outer body experience you're watching yourself getting beat up you're like okay michelle move move you know time to turn it up here buddy (laughs) yeah and then you're like talking back to yourself like well i would move give me a second you know i have to think you know as you're getting punched in the face you know having an argument with yourself in your head is so stupid you know but it happens God, we all do it. I can't yeah. imagine doing it while I'm being punched in the face. Yeah, because it's in your in your mind. You're like, just let her punch me a couple more times. I'm catching my breath. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, I mean, I feel like that also becomes like a teacher for you. Because before we started this podcast, like sometimes when you do a podcast, you talk to your guests beforehand. And me and Michelle are friends, but we haven't caught up in a while. And so... Off air, we had some conversations that I'm like, wow, that could be a podcast all in, all in of itself. Um, <laughs> but something that we touched on, which was really amazing that you talked about was, you know, pain being your teacher and the importance of that and how much you can learn from emotional pain and physical pain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and you're actually the one that brought it up, but I, it was honestly like a, a underlying theme in my entire camp last, last, last camp because God, it hurts your heart. Like pain hurts and it's like slow, so piercing. Like, and like, yeah, physical pain hurts, but emotional pain is like the worst. And it's like, mm-hmm. pier- it's piercing and it, it leaves you feeling empty and, um, just like a, like an empty shell. And it's kind of like you feel lost and you feel like you're submerged underwater and it's, you feel helpless and all these things. Um, and it's almost like you can't get away from it. It's like you're, you know, when you're in the sauna and the heat is just all up on you and you can't get yeah. away. From it. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And it's like, how do I get away from this? And then I was like, you don't, you don't get away from it. You embrace it, you know, like this is it, like embrace it. Okay. All right. Let's get hot. You want to get hot? 
you know? <laughs> like, um, and that's what I did. I said, it's going to hurt, Michelle. You better love it, you know? These sprints are going to hurt. You, you better love it because when push comes to shove and, it, you know, it's you or her, who do you want it to be? Yeah. You, you know, if don't do this now. It's not going to come out later. Like you have to, you have to go through it. Like it, it sucks, but like, you know, like I said, like the, the same, the same, um, overwhelming feeling that you get when you feel pain is the same overwhelming feeling you get when you feel love. Oh shit. Yes. It's so true. And that's like the full that's what it's like to be fully alive, you know, to really mm-hmm. fully feel everything. And if you're if you're blocking yourself um, from feeling any sort of pain and distracting or not really putting yourself in the situations to where you get the opportunity to feel that pain, you're not going to be able to feel that deep of a love either mm-hmm. to really expand yeah. and embrace that love too. And it kind of goes back to, you know, it, the adversity, like the adversity that we've both been in has made us the people that we are today. And imagine if we would go through our, and I'm sure we both have, I mean, I've definitely tried to protect myself from pain and fear in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we wouldn't have gone through the pain or some of the challenges that we've been in, man, I would be a completely different person and and not a person that I think I would want to be. Yeah. It, it, it adds depth to your soul. It adds like paint to your canvas. Like it's just like the scars. That's what I tell people like these scars, like embrace the scars. It's, it's beautiful. Like this is what adds, you know, color to your life. Mm-hmm. It's so true. It's so true. Um, I kind of want to segue into you and your super smoking hot husband, <laughs> Josh. <Yeah. laughs> You guys have been together for a while, right? Yes, a very long time. Um, Let me see. It's kind of hard to keep track when you've been uh, together for so long. See, Araya's nine, like 11 years now. Wow. And he's a former pro boxer. Yeah. So he, Josh, uh, Josh, Josh was stationed out here. He was in the air force and he boxed for the air force and then, um, and turned pro and fought, fought a little bit. And while he was turning pro, I was, I was fighting professionally as well. Um, and then, and then I ended up getting pregnant and, you know, Josh is just, I always tell people he is everything I didn't know I needed in my life. Um, I love that. He like, swept me off my feet and showed me my worth when I, you know, when I didn't see anything, when I didn't see that I was worth anything, you know? Mm. And it was, it was, I just, he came into my life when I, when I needed him the most and never looked back. And I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'd be, I don't know what I'd do without him. Yeah. Oh man. That's so beautiful to hear. And like, I love I personally love hearing that because, you know, I'm in the place now to where I'm like, ah, that sounds awesome. And like when you receive that love from somebody that just like deep love, that's just consistent in there, it's a game changer. Yeah. And it isn't like, obviously like every relationship is work, but like, you know, when, when you're with somebody that, that cares deeply and uh, like about you, then it, the work you don't mind putting in the work because you know they're doing they're doing the exact same thing, you know. Right, right. I, I you know I've been thinking about this recently, and and you know so many people want to get to this place to where they're in this 
I like this perfect relationship to where if only I get here, you know, it's going to be easy and we're not going to have any fights. We're not going to have any arguments. And it's just like, we're going to have this desire for each other every single day. And, and it's just, when, when does it get easy? Right. But it's like, Mm -hmm. regardless of how great your relationship is or how, how bad you guys want to be together, how compatible you are, it does still take work. You know, it still takes effort. You know, it's not like you can just put in all this effort and try a little bit here and there and then poof, you've figured it all out. It's still like takes effort. And so I would love to just know from you, someone who's been married, you know, together for 11 years, have a nine-year-old daughter, um, what, like, what is some of the advice that you can give to people who are married? Like, what are some of the things that you guys do to, to keep, you know, to keep the love and the passion, but also to to just feel solid within one another. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like something that Josh used to tell us a lot of his friends um, is that just because you, you, you married with somebody doesn't mean like, okay, that's it. Like you kind of like, all right, yeah, we're married. It's all good. And you don't, you stop, tr- you stop trying. Cause I think it's mm-hmm. one of those things. It's kind of like, it's like when you get what you want, then you don't want it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. that isn't the case. And you have to change your perspective about it. It's like Josh, Josh tells his friends all the time, just because we're married doesn't mean that she's like, like I own her. I still have to, to do things to like with her for her to, to, to make her want to be with me. Like, it's not like she has to be with me because we're married. Like she should want to be with me, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, should you're never, not being forced. Yeah. Right? We're married. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Just, just because we're married, that's just a piece of paper, but what do you really feel in your heart? Like, um, do you, and then I, Josh used to t- say this all the time. Cause I would tell him and, and it, I think he just, the, the way, the way he would say it, he, I would tell him like, babe, I need you in my life, you know? And he, he would say, well, I don't, I don't want you to need me. I want, I want you to want me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, it, when I think about that, it, um, I, I guess I, I didn't want him to feel like I needed him, like I was dependent on him. And and that's how it was coming off when I was saying those things. But for sure, like, yeah, you're right, babe. Like, I like we should be able to operate independently, you know, and not need anybody in our lives. But I should want to have him in my life because because I want to, to be in his company, because I want him to be with in my company and I want to share these moments with him, you know? Uh-huh. You're choosing it. You're choosing that for you. And if you need something, it's almost like you have to, you're doing everything that you possibly can to chase that. But if you want it, it's mm-hmm. like, let's let's do this together. Like you are making my life better. And I love that. And I want more of that. I want to celebrate that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, and I think, you um, don't let it get so heavy. <laughs> you know, I think you have, you have to play and you have to be spontaneous. And I think you... Um, you can't like let it like plateau for sure. You know, don't let things plateau. Right. Um, my, this is a selfish question for me. Uh, when, during, uh, what's it called? Fight camp. You know, it's such an emotional and physical energetic suck kind of, right? <laughs> all of your, all, everything is going towards that in the best way possible. Everything's mm-hmm. going towards that. You're super focusing on that. Yet you're in a relationship. You have a child on top of everything that's going on. And we know that stress and just kind of anxiety and being busy can decrease someone's sexual desire. 
I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like during fight camp, are you guys still having sex or like, does that affect you at all in the slightest? Or have you been doing it for so long that it's just another day in the office and you know, you're still fired up when you get home? Because I know no. for me, I would be like, I'm out. Like, don't <laughs> even, mm-mm. I'm going to go sit on the couch. I'm going to watch some trashy reality TV show. I don't you're know. Like, you're like, you I'm wearing my, my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm wearing my moo and I didn't shave. So that's right. <laughs> so me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Uh, we're not as um, active when I'm in fight camp. And it's, it's cause like you said, I'm just so my, my, my mind isn't there. Like I can't, like, I can't get there sometimes because my mind is on the fight. My mind is on the weight cut. My mind is on how I just got punched in the face and sparring. Yeah. Um, my mind is on how, you know, um, a, a lot of times too, in, in, in fight camp is like hard because, uh, I, I'm not able to give a Ray as much as attention as I'd like, you know? And so my mm. mind is like so many different places other than that. And I was talking to you about it earlier, but, uh, uh, like Josh knows that cause he's a fighter. You know, he understands like how uh, exhausting it is, but, um, Josh is also like a very like sexual being. And, and I, we've talked about this before. Cause I told him, you know, like, but I, I, I want you to know that I do love you. And it's not that I don't love you. I'm just super tired. Um, and how he explained it to me was like, for him, like, you know, having sex is the way he can connect to me, mm. like on, on a deeper level. Cause for me, it's like, I can cuddle with him and still feel connected with him. You know, like we, right. can, be ch- we can be chilling on the couch, watching TV and I will feel connected with him. But for him, the way, the, the way he feels connected with me is through like, is, is physically, you know, like, like se- sexually. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, when he, when he, he tells me that, and, um, I think it's important to, to, to understand that and, and to, to be aware of that and to uh, make sure that that I carve out time to, to to do those things, and that is still stuff that I, you know, that I am and working on myself. Um, but I never turn him down. I mean, if that's what you're asking, like if he's the one that's like, <laughs> all right, let's go. I'm like, okay, but you're doing all the work, you know? right? Exactly. <laughs> and that, what you said earlier is like, it's not that I don't want it. You know, yeah. and so it's like if he were to initiate it, you're like, okay, I'm down. You know what I mean? It's just like taking those first steps of like, uh, I'm so tired, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But if you have somebody that really wants to connect with you in that way and is there for your pleasure too, it's like, okay, I am totally mm-hmm. down for this. Yeah. And it's so funny too, because like when I'm in fight camp, like my body's like banging, but I don't even like feel, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I know I look good right now, but I don't feel good. Like <laughs> You're like, look at me, babe. I'm fucking hot. Nope. Not having sex. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. It's super interesting. I actually like what you said too, is that is his way of connecting with you. And, mm-hmm. but you could, you know, be sitting on the couch, cuddling, watching TV, and you feel really connected to him too. I think I'm very similar in that way. And I've actually never thought about it until you mm-hmm. just put it in those terms that, like, yeah, even when we're chilling and we're just cuddling, I can feel really connected without um, connecting sexually at all. But mm-hmm. I know that, you know, for, a lot of my past partners that it was, it was exactly like Josh is saying. So it's just an interesting reflection on that. And I feel like a lot of people might be able to relate to that. 
Yeah. And I think what's important is that you have those discussions. It might be like awkward, you know, but just have them. If if it's hard to say, you know, write it down or even if it comes out awkward, just let it come out awkward. Just say it though. Yeah. I tell my clients out all the time. If they have a hard time saying something, write it down. Just write Mm -hmm. it out. It's totally fine. At least you're getting it out. You're getting it somewhere instead of it keeping it stuck in. And then maybe that comes out in resentment or, you know, I mean, humans are master storytellers. So we're going to come up with all kinds of stories as to what, why these things are happening instead of just having the conversation. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that, that game telephone upset for you're having it in your head. And by the, but, but before you know it, he's cheating on you with 10 other girls and you didn't, he didn't even know it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. It's so true. When let's, you could just talk about it. Totally yeah. just talk about it. Um, with the last few minutes here, I did get a few questions from your fans and the audience that want to know a couple of things. Um, so one question that I think is a great one is, um, what is it like being in a male-dominated sport as a female fighter? Like, what is some of the, the, the biggest stigmas that you've had to deal with? Um, you know what? I, I just... I've never focused on that because I don't want to be viewed as a female fighter. I want to be viewed as a fighter. And I, when I step into the, when I step into the octagon, I want, I wanted to be treated with that, with that same, I want to get the same treatment from the audience, from the judges, from the, um, the referee inside the cage, like treat me as the the same you would as a, as a male fighter. And, um, you know, I, that's why I was so proud of us this weekend, having one week's notice to jump up to main event and tacking on 10 more minutes to, to our fight, uh, with one week's notice and just being like, yeah, and we can, and we will. And we did, and we Mm -hmm. went all five rounds, you know? Right. Um, and so for me, it's just, I, I've always wanted to compete right alongside the boys. That's just always been my personality where I, well, I could do that too. Like just because you're a boy don't mean nothing. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's this other question that I wrote down and I hate it because it goes right in, in the same vein as that. It's how is it possible to be so, so gorgeous and a good fighter at the same time? It's like, Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) Like, just because I'm beautiful doesn't mean I can be a fucking beast. <laughs> like, and well, I'm not putting in the work and I'm not like, it's just like, you can't, I don't know. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around that. It drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I appreciate the compliment, you know, um, but like, I, I guess my looks is kind of something that wasn't up to me. It's just what I was born with, you know, um, but, um, and, and I'm appreciative of it cause it's gotten me at places, it, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't gotten to places that I have because of it, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, but, um, what, what I tell people all the time when they ask me that is like, you know, like George St. Pierre is like a really good looking guy, but nobody asked him like, how come he didn't become a Calvin Klein underwear model and not, and not a fighter, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so it's just because I love fighting and that's who I, that's what I, that's my passion and that's why I decided to pursue it. And, you know, you know, um, scars heal. And if I, you know, I started to get cauliflower, broken my nose three times, broken my hand five times. My knuckles are starting to get, um, you know, uh, really bulged out from grappling and, uh, I got arthritis in my knees and my hands, but it's what I love to do and I wouldn't change it for the world. And, um, you know, it just, it just so happens to be me, I guess. I don't know. 
Yeah, and your body tells a story, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, last question. What, I'm. this is not from a fan. This is me making it up because I just thought about <laughs> it. What advice would you give to any of the parents out there that um, their children are interested in getting into fighting or they're thinking about putting their kids into martial arts? Like, What are your thoughts on that or any advice to them? I think every child should do some form of martial arts. <laughs> I, think I, do every, I think every human being on the face of the earth should do some type of martial arts um, because what it does is it it instills in you a lot of diff, a lot of uh, character like a lot of positive character traits that I think are important um, when you be you know when you have to function in a society it teaches you about you know honor and respect and sportsmanship it teaches you how to humble yourself because there's always somebody out there that's uh, badass and can beat you up you know as, as as badass as you are there's somebody else that's more badass than you you know uh, <laughs> and you learn that in you learn that in martial arts because uh, it, you know uh, there's there's people that are better than you in training and there are people that are as not as good as you and and when when you go with the people that aren't as good as you you also learn how to become a teacher there's just so many you know lessons to be learned in martial arts that I think are vital yeah i'm trying to get my nephew to come do martial arts uh jujitsu or something with me mm-hmm. um i think i'm wearing him down enough <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's super interesting i guess yeah, yeah exactly once he gets there He's going to love it. It's just like getting him there. And there's like this new show, I guess, some karate um, show that the younger kids are watching. Maybe the you Cobra know. Kai. It's like the, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the, 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 the same guys that did Karate Kid. They're, they're like older now. It's Cobra Kai. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So that he's just cruising around in the living room, just, you know, punching about and kicking and doing all of this funny stuff. And I'm like, let's look, you're so ready. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> just take them. Just take them. Like you just got to, sometimes you just got to throw them in the pool, you know, let them swim. It's true. It's true. Throw them in the deep end, figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, look, we're going to go get some burgers later, but first. <laughs> 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 oh, Michelle, it was so good to talk to you. I mean, I just want, I just have to celebrate you and applaud you because you're such an inspiration to not only women, but the whole, all of us humans Mm. in general, because you're such a sweet and caring person, but you're also a badass. And I love your mindset that you have on everything throughout your life. It's just, it's truly um, inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And it's so good to talk to you and it's so good to hear your voice. And I'm so glad you're doing well. Thanks, babe. And then what's next for you? What, What can we expect when one, what's coming up? You just won your fight. What's next? And also, how can people follow along with you? Um, well, I don't have a, a, a fight scheduled right now. We're just kind of enjoying family and getting ready to go camping this weekend. Um, we just opened up our, our a restaurant here in town. So if you are in Albuquerque, come come through. It's Taco 10. Mmm, tacos. Yes, tacos and beers. So can't go wrong with that. Oh, and burgers. <laughs> oh, my um, God. That's amazing. Taco, beer, and burgers. Sign yes. me up. I'm yes. getting in my car now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know, I think we're tr- uh, thinking of planning a trip down to Austin. So if we are, I'll let you know. Oh um, God, please. And then, um, yeah, if you, you know, I'm probably the most active on Instagram and it's just Karate Hottie MMA. 
Awesome, babe. Well, thanks so much. We look forward to watching you kick some ass in the future and uh, love you so much. Love you too. Such a fun episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And if you did, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, It really helps the success of the podcast and spreading this message. Much love, guys.